welcome to episode 52 of George's Random Astronomical Object. Every episode, I run a random number generator to select random astronomical coordinates in the sky, and I then search for an astronomical object near those coordinates and talk about what makes the object so interesting to astronomers. So, I will now run the random number generator. And there is a blinking red warning light on the random number generator indicating that it's low on toner. The coordinates for this episode, which look a little faded, are 17 hours, 2 minutes, 36.4 seconds right ascension, and plus 47 degrees, 4 minutes, 55 seconds declination. These coordinates point to the star HD154345 in the constellation Hercules, and yes, that's the same Hercules that appears in Greek mythology fighting lions and hydras and all sorts of different types of animals. In large part, HD154345 is a relatively ordinary star. It's slightly hotter than, but otherwise very similar to the Sun, it's somewhere between 2 and 10 billion years old, and it's located at a distance of about 59.59 light years, or 18.27 parsecs. Which means that I get to use my new Star Wars themed sound effects. Although less than 20 parsecs seems relatively close, there are actually quite a few stars, including sun-like stars, that are closer than HD154345. Nonetheless, some astronomers were interested in this star specifically because it was a kind of close sun-like star. They were specifically interested in trying to detect exoplanets around the star. Astronomers who search for exoplanets have a few different strategies for selecting stars for their searches. Some astronomers like to look at the brightest stars in the sky because they are the easiest to observe. This is a strategy that has been used, for example, by the Transiting Exoplanet Survey Satellite and the Kilodegree Extremely Little Telescope. And yes, that's the name of a real telescope. A variant on this strategy would be to look at the closest stars, but the closest stars in the sky are not always the brightest, so they could be more challenging to observe. Some people like to monitor lots of stars, but just look in one part of the sky. This is a strategy used specifically by the Kepler spacecraft. Finally, other people like to look at sun-like stars because they are hoping to find planets that are analogous to the planets in our solar system, and in particular are hoping to find Earth-like planets orbiting sun-like stars. Astronomers also use a few different techniques to find planets. Although directly imaging exoplanets is possible, it's also extremely hard, so astronomers don't normally try that. Instead, astronomers prefer to use one of two other techniques. One method is to look for the slight dimming of light from individual exoplanets passing in front of their host stars. The other method is to try to observe the slight redshifting and blue shifting of light caused by the gravitational pull of exoplanets in orbit around stars. The Next 2000, or N2K project, 
which consists of a group of astronomers who've been working with the Keck Observatory, the Magellan Telescope, and the Subaru Telescope, selected a set of close sun-like stars to observe for exoplanets by applying the redshifting and blueshifting technique. In terms of the objects that they selected to observe, they combined the nearby star strategy with the sun-like star strategy. Their sample of stars included HD 154345, and eventually a planet was found in orbit around the star. This would be kind of a boring podcast episode if they didn't find anything. However, can you guess what type of planet they found? I will give you a hint, it is like one of the other planets in our solar system. I'll give you a few seconds to make a guess. If you guess that the astronomers found an Earth-like planet orbiting HD 154345, then you are absolutely wrong. If you guess that the astronomers found a Uranus-like planet orbiting HD 154345, well, that would be kind of an unusual guess, but it would still be wrong. If you guess that the astronomers found a Jupiter-like planet orbiting HD 154345, then you are absolutely right. The planet is named HD 154345b, and it is surprisingly similar to Jupiter. So first, it has a mass of around 0.95 times the mass of Jupiter, and given this, it's also very likely to be a gas giant made of hydrogen and helium, just like Jupiter. HD 154345b orbits its star at a distance of 4.2 astronomical units, where one astronomical unit is the distance from the Earth to the Sun, whereas Jupiter orbits the Sun at a distance of 5.2 astronomical units, and HD 154345b orbits its star once every 9.2 years, whereas Jupiter goes around the Sun every 11.9 years. Also, it's worth reminding ourselves that both planets are orbiting similar yellowish stars, so the planets really are quite similar. Because it takes HD 154345b so long to orbit its star, it had to be observed for 10 years so that astronomers could conclusively determine that the star was moving back and forth in such a way that would be consistent with a planet orbiting it. The N2K project started observing the star in 1997, but they didn't publish the paper identifying the planet until 2008. Rather interestingly, the group got really impatient and actually published a paper in 2007 saying that they think that they found an exoplanet, but they need a little more time to prove that it's actually there. One of the important points about this discovery is that it is a Jupiter-like exoplanet orbiting a star at roughly the same distance that Jupiter orbits our Sun. While this may not sound quite so astonishing, one of the problems with early exoplanet observations was that astronomers were finding a lot of gas giants orbiting closer to their stars than Mercury orbits our Sun. I discussed one of these types of exoplanets in episode 14. Planets that orbit close to stars are easy to identify because they go around the star so quickly that astronomers can see them complete in orbit in just a few days, whereas planets that orbit at a much larger distance can take a decade or more to identify. This means that, when astronomers began finding exoplanets, they first found planetary systems with massive planets orbiting close to their host stars that looked nothing like our solar system, which was extremely confusing. 
It almost seemed like it was normal for gas giant planets to be located really close to their host stars. And it also seemed like the solar system was a rather peculiar planetary system with its gas giant planets unusually located far away from the Sun. However, the discovery of HD 154345b, as well as the subsequent discoveries of similar gas giants that orbit at large radii, have demonstrated that the solar system is not actually that unusual after all. So that's what astronomers find to be so interesting about HD 154345 and its exoplanet, and the location on the Earth's surface corresponding to the position of HD 154345 in the sky is east of Glendive, Montana, in the United States. So I went to high school in Haver, Montana, so I'm fairly familiar with the state, but on the other hand, I never traveled to the area where Glendive is located. This part of Montana is in the prairie, but a lot of the eastern part of the state, including the specific location corresponding to HD 154345, is actually quite hilly, and the area contains quite a few badlands. Very importantly, some of the nearby areas are part of the Hell Creek and Lance geological formations, which have been some of the most important sites on the planet for searching for dinosaur fossils from the Cretaceous period. I could talk more about this, but then this isn't a geology podcast. If you are interested in learning more about geology, I would recommend the Fossil Huntress podcast or Geology Bites with Oliver Strimple. If, however, you would like to learn more about my podcast, then you can go to www.randomastronomicalobject.com. You can visit the website to download episodes of the show, read information about the astronomical objects, view images of those astronomical objects, look up additional reference information, and send me random feedback. You can also find this podcast on Facebook and on Twitter. The audio was recorded and edited by George Bendo. The music is immersion by Sasha Endy at www.sasha-endy.de and the sound effects are from the Freesound Project at www.freesound.org. Thanks for listening. 